It's MikeFarrellRivals.com with Adam Gorney, National Recruiting Director. I am the National Columnist for Rivals and 20 years of Rivals. We're looking back on some of the most interesting stories. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is where we're going to start here. Um, I know it's most interesting for you because I made you fly across the country from California all the way to the Shrine Bowl to do one interview with Clowney because I was too lazy to do it. But aside from that, um, and we can talk about that experience, uh, the best player I've ever seen in person, got to see him numerous times uh, in person and snap anticipation was great, but the recruiting process was interesting as well because he delayed it, you know, and a lot of guys who delay it beyond signing day make things dramatic, but we always knew it was going to be South Carolina for him. So what was your impression of him when you met him? Yeah, I, he just looked like an NFL player right off the bat. It was incredible. Um, and it looked like every time, and I've said this before, it looked like every time the ball was snapped, he was offsides. That's how fast he was once the ball was snapped. There was not an offensive tackle in the country that had any prayer against him. And I would say he was the best that I've ever seen, too. There have definitely been others that have dominated, um, but he was just unstoppable in a physical sense. And just the way he played the game, he was so athletic and such a freak of nature at defensive end that it really did look like um, he had gotten into the backfield even before the ball was snapped every single time. Yeah, and I think in that Shrine Bowl, he drew at least five holding penalties. There could have been 10. Um, it was freezing. I mean, it's so cold that year. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm glad I made you come across country. But um, the interviews I remember with him were so fast. Because first of all, he didn't want to talk. And secondly, it was so cold that your interview with him probably what lasted three minutes? Yeah, I had flown across the country. I had just gotten to California, had to fly from L.A. to Atlanta. Then I think I flew into Spartanburg if they even have an airport. They, uh, um, Green, Greenville, Spart uh, Greenville. Greenville, yeah. Yeah. And so I got into there. After one practice, I walked with him off of a practice field to a bus, and he hardly stopped as he walked onto the bus for the last quote. That was the extent of my, me talking to him. But it was definitely worth just seeing him in person. It was incredible. And then you got to sleep with the, those bugs at the hotel. How, did you have the bugs? The bugs in the hotel. I will never forget it. So gross. That, that whole Shrine Bowl experience. There's so many stories there, but... So his nickname was Doodoo. Did he ever tell you that? No. So I saw him in Charlotte. Um, he played, uh, I forget what the team was. He played in Charlotte uh, in the regular season. And I interviewed him and I asked him what his nickname was. I don't know why. And he said Doodoo. And they called him Doodoo. And I talked to Bobby Carroll recently, actually, his coach. Um, and, you know, he talked about the recruiting process, how it was South Carolina. But then he had to take the Clemson visit <clears throat> just to make the in-state school happy. Then he went to Alabama and fell in love and he said that the Nick Saban uh, you know breakfast or, or whatever it was brunch was off the charts best thing he's ever seen Clowney came home wearing an Alabama hat um, and that was quickly dismissed from the family and he went off to South Carolina so there wasn't much drama there LSU was I think involved as well but he took it he took it beyond the limit and he didn't want to um, and the other thing I remember about him he played running back, he played defensive tackle, he played defensive end. Um, and in the game I saw him, you know, he was playing defensive tackle and nobody could stop him. He just was so amazing with the snap anticipation, um, but not an overly talkative kid. Um, Under Armour, he, he, I think it was the pit offensive tackle, Johnson, 
who gave him some trouble at Under Armour. It's the only time I've ever seen anybody give him trouble. Went on to a career, obviously put in two good years, then mailed in the third, made that hit against Michigan, number one pick overall in the draft, and yada, 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 millionaire. But um, Bobby Carroll said the recruiting process was a little bit ridiculous, and Alabama was very, very close to stealing him. That's incredible. I I felt like he was going to South Carolina for the three minutes that I talked to him. He was not a kid that was going to leave. I think he had some family, you know, situations that were going on that were going to keep him close. But, you know, if he was at Alabama, I don't think he could have been any better than he was for those two years at South Carolina. Definitely mailed it in, but I'm happy he was number one. I'm happy uh, for the career that he's put together. And uh, that's it. And he is not the best NFL player from South Point High School in South Carolina. Do you know who that would be? Stephon Gilmore? Yes. Yes. Very good. Cool trivia there for you because Stefan Gilmore was uh, also at the Shrine Bowl one year where I didn't make you fly out and uh, he was unstoppable unbelievable he's a quarterback but kind of did pretty well as a defensive back in the NFL let's move on I'm gonna move on to I know we got a little list here I guess I- I'm gonna move on to the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields so let's talk about Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields to me there was never any question about who was one and who was two uh, but, you know, we got to see them compete at the Atlanta camp. We get to see them compete at the five-star challenge. Remember where the porta potties were good enough for Andrew Lux. So they were good enough for us. And we weren't allowed access. To the, we weren't allowed access to the bathroom to, to, because uh, I don't know, the Colts didn't trust us. Um, so that was the famous speech. Andrew Luck uses that porta potty. You're lucky to use it yourself. Um, but they came down to the wire in that seven on seven tournament. Justin Fields winning it with a pass to Amon Ross, St. Brown, but Trevor Lawrence taking the MVP and Justin was still ticked off about it. A couple of years later when Woody Womack interviewed him, I forget where. Now they're both first rounders in the same draft, should have been one, two, but one eleven. Um, what do you remember about those two guys? Yeah, I remember it being close and I always felt Trevor had a little bit of an edge. I think people around Fields didn't necessarily feel that. And and we had heard that a few times that, you know, Justin Fields was going to be the better player. Um, Trevor was just so special and so mature as like a high school sophomore junior, you know, he just kind of felt that he was destined for being number one, you know, pick amazing that he didn't win a Heisman trophy. Um, just a phenomenal <clears throat> kid who really looked good everywhere, except he wasn't great at the army bowl the year that we saw him. And that was the year um, where JT Daniels was very good out there. And he's obviously still in college and not a first round draft pick. Justin Fields was a very, very talented quarterback. There's I'm not taking a thing away from him, but we're talking about possibly one of the better quarterbacks. Um, You know, definitely the best quarterback. I would, I would say in the rivals era, for sure. I don't think there's any question about it. Incredibly special year for Trevor Lawrence. It just so happened that another very talented quarterback in Justin Fields was in the same class. Yeah, and the things, uh, let's see, the things that stand out to me, other than Fields being upset he didn't win the MVP um, in in the five-star challenge, which speaks to his competitive nature, which I like. Trevor Lawrence, I have my favorite Instagram picture on my Instagram at Rivals Godfather, which it's probably purged by now because I think they purged pictures that are really, really old. But it was, we had to convince Trevor to go to the five-star challenge in Indianapolis. And and we, I mean, us and the sponsors and everybody, you know, because he wasn't like being a jerk about it, but he's like, you know. 
Why? I've been to I've been to eighty thousand rivals camps. You know, I was at the QB Challenge when I was like twelve. Yeah. Um, you know, and and he was he was working obviously with his quarterback coach, and he was exhausted and tired. He came out and he had a great time, and and I ran into him at the airport. And the only reason I knew it was him because he was laying down, and all I saw was this this mane of golden hair right. over the seat. So I went and sat, you know, on the other side because we were different gates. I took a little selfie with his hair and I'm, what I'm probably going to do is eight by 10 and have him sign it and then see how much I can sell it for. Nice. Very nice kid. Very, yes. very nice about the process. Never gave anybody any grief. Justin feels same way. A um, little more of an edge to Justin. I think a little bit more that chip on his shoulder. Uh, the funny part about this is Justin Fields could very well have gone to Penn State and played there because he committed there early. Yep. And Trevor Lawrence had kind of silently committed to Tennessee. Is that oh, I'm sorry, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. There was always that rumor. There was always the rumor that Trevor Lawrence was silently committed to Tennessee and the rumor that he had silently committed to Georgia. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you the real story. Ready? For the Tennessee yeah. story, this is what I've heard, and I'm still waiting for Amari Rogers to get back to me and confirm this. And I haven't asked yet, so I don't know why I'm waiting for him to get back to me because I have to ask the question first. But yeah. what I heard from a very good source was that Trevor Lawrence was on board Tennessee. T. Higgins was committed to Tennessee. Uh, they were tight with Amari, and they wanted Amari to be part of that Tennessee class. Butch Jones made Amari go to camp and didn't offer him, and then all of a sudden Trevor was not with Tennessee anymore. T. Higgins, of course, decommitted, went to Clemson. All three of them ended up going to Clemson to play together like they wanted to. And the rest is history. National championships, while Butch Jones uh, was putting out, what what did he call them? Five-star human beings? Five-star? Five-star hearts or something? Hearts. Five-star hearts. Sweet. So that was the best one-two punch I think we've ever had in Rivals history. I'm going to segue from that to the next topic which is the best quarterback that I've seen before Trevor Lawrence, which is Josh Rosen. He was my, number one on my list. And again, it's mostly film work. Got to see him once in person, maybe twice. Um, but it was film work and the way he was able to just obviously lead his team back in the fourth quarter, uh, the poise, uh, everything about him. And the fact that he was number one going into Under Armour, blew it off in typical Joe, Josh Rosen fashion, be like, eh said, yes, yes, yes. We booked your flight. We booked your hotel. Uh, I don't want to go. This is stupid. Not going. Not going. Uh, and then Byron Coward lit people up at the Under Armour game and we flipped them. And Byron yeah. Coward ended up number one. Went off to Auburn. Wasn't very good. Went off to Maryland. Was very average. Ended up being a mid-round pick. Still with the Patriots, I believe. Yep. And Josh Rosen went on to be a, you know, okay player at UCLA. Didn't light up the world, but Talented enough to be the number 10 pick overall in the draft and then thrown away by the Arizona Cardinals immediately to the Dolphins. Now he's with the San Francisco 49ers. So the note here says how we were wrong on both. Maybe we weren't wrong on Rosen based on our rules. Right. Is a five-star, has a very good college career, and becomes a first-round draft pick. Right. We were wrong on Coward. And Byron Coward hit me up recently. Um, he got back on Twitter and he will never, ever, ever let it die that I put him as, I believe, if not the biggest bust as a number one player in Rivals history, uh, maybe top two. And he's still there, upset about it. 
there were number ones that, you know, you look back and you're like, what were we thinking? And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about those guys, but Byron Coward at the five-star was so good. So physical, so focused on just dominating people and crushing them. I still wonder if, the, if he ended up at Florida instead of Auburn. And it was all because of Will Muschamp. Because at that time he was the, I believe, defensive coordinator at Auburn before he had gotten the Florida job. And, by, and I asked Byron Coward, we, had a, we did a signing day show that year. And I said, if, if, uh, you know, if he didn't leave Florida, would you have gone? And he said, yeah, I would have. I would have gone to Florida. I don't know why it didn't work at Auburn. I don't know how it didn't click for him, but he was so good. And it looked like just the perfect situation for him, him in the sec, him coming off the edge, him going inside. He could play inside a little bit. It wasn't like a motor issue. Like it was with Kim Dietschy or a want to issue. It was just, it didn't click for some reason. And it's just surprising that it didn't. I think he got in his head a lot, you know, a couple, yeah, he did. couple Byron Coward stories at that five-star challenge. He was doing drills in the hallway in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, overthinking things, uh, you know, reassessing his thought process throughout the five-star challenge. If he did lose a rep, getting down on himself here and there. And then the whole debacle with signing day where he had two letters signed and his coach yeah. was pushing him from Armwood to uh, Florida and wouldn't send in his Auburn letter. And I was chasing him all day and, and texting back and forth with him all day. And I'm like, do you have both letters? What are you going to do? And he didn't know what he was going to do. And he's waiting on some other people to make their decisions. And then he finally, you know, signed with Auburn. And then it just all went downhill from there. And I did go down and see him um, because as the number one player at that time, I think we had a deal with NBC Sports. And our boss at the time was way into promoting kids so I went down there uh with uh, a former rivals employee and we um spent a, a day with Cowart as we did the year before with Deshaun Hand and uh just a weird dude you know he, he carried around the Chucky doll all the time and right 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 it's just a little off and 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 I think you know obviously that year at Under Armour we saw him with a Chucky doll and and I know the Chucky doll was a big deal for kids in Florida and all that stuff, but he was just, he was a little bit odd. Um, yeah. So I hope he has success in the NFL. Um, we got it wrong. I would, I'd much rather look back and see Rosen at number one, at least he was a first rounder, but let's talk about Josh Rosen. I mean, he's the kid that told David Shaw that he doesn't know what he's doing at summer camp. Well, I think there was definitely, uh, so, so Josh Rosen always wanted to go to Stanford, big time academic kid, seriously like academic. He, after football, he wants to work on Wall Street. You know, his grandfather ran the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. And that was always the question with him was, it, does he really even care about playing football? I mean, is this something that he really wants to do long term? And, you know, he took all the shots and he went to all the camps. And so he goes up to Stanford in the summer, I believe, before his junior season. And, and they had a meeting of the minds and did some board work and they just did not get along like Josh Rosen didn't like David Shaw and David Shaw didn't like Josh Rosen and to David Shaw's credit, I guess, didn't offer him. And so, uh, you know, Josh Rosen had told me kind of off the record, like if they offer five seconds before I go to UCLA, I, you know, I'll, before I commit to UCLA, I'll, I'm going to Stanford. I want to go to Stanford. That's the school that I want to go to. It seemed to fit his personality and everything. And it just didn't work out. So, you know, Michigan had been a factor for him and, but he had, 
you know, settled on UCLA. I don't think the family really wanted him at USC for, you know, whatever reason. And so Michigan he goes was in UCLA. there for a little while. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he had, he had a great career at UCLA. I thought, I mean, he set records, although the records to break weren't all that impressive. Right. Didn't have a lot of support around him and then goes to be a first round pick. And, and I'll still defend him. I mean, he's an incredibly talented quarterback. He goes to a situation where he's thrown, you know, thrust into the starting job, does decently well as a rookie. And then there's a coaching change and Kyler Murray gets drafted. He gets trapped. He gets uh, traded to the dolphins. Tua gets drafted. And then he's kind of just out on the middle in the middle of nowhere. Well, I mean, let's behind the scenes. We know there's stuff. Yeah. I mean, this was a kid who had the picture in the hot tub in his dorm room and he didn't really get along with a lot of people, of course. What's that? He had an F Trump hat on the, on Trump. And he didn't really get along with a lot of people. He was a little bit arrogant and, you know, uh, he's a Connecticut kid, so I get it. You know, that's what we are. We're arrogant, but right. You know, there has to be more to it than that. You know, obviously, he probably rubbed some people the wrong way, and you know, had a little bit of that Jeff George about him. Um, yes, he did. Yes, and of course, people won't know who Jeff George is because I'm an old. But, but the funny thing was, at the Five Star Challenge in Chicago, we brought in younger quarterbacks. And we allowed them to throw in day one. And then this was my brilliant idea. And then day two, they were supposed to be the snappers. And they were there just in an emergency if one of the four quarterbacks got hurt, right? And Kyle Allen was there and Deshaun Watson and uh, Barker, Kentucky. And I can't remember who the fourth one was. Uh, I don't remember who the fourth one was. But Josh Rosen told me the next day, they all suck. (laughs) I'm better than all of them. And we're talking about Deshaun Watson, who was a record setter in Georgia. We're talking about Kyle Newman, who was a five-star after that event. And he's like, they all suck. I should be throwing. This is ridiculous. And and he that was him saying it wasn't his family. You know, there were other quarterbacks there. Right. My Henry's right. dad, you know, cornered me and said, you're an idiot for doing this. My kid should be throwing. So Josh Rosen coming up to me as a 16-year-old kid and saying, I'm better than these guys. They suck. And pretty right. much telling me I'm an idiot. So I like the confidence. I like the film. Uh, I wish he showed up at Under Armour. That would have been fun, uh, but he should have been number one. So a real interesting dynamic there where you got arrogant and weird, weird and arrogant. And I'm going to segue into from here uh, a running back battle. Uh, you know, not a battle for number one, really. I guess it was Najee Harris and Cam Akers. Um, in 2017, Najee Harris finished number one, Cam Akers finished number three. Cam was a quarterback in high school out of Mississippi, almost went to Ole Miss, ended up going to Florida State, which was a, apparently a massive mistake because he was good, but offensive line stunk, the team stunk. Najee went to Alabama, lots of rumors about him flipping to Michigan at the last second. I don't believe that was ever going to happen. And then patiently waited and waited and waited and then broke out uh, in his last two seasons and became a first-round draft pick. Cam Akers slid in the draft to, I believe, the second round. He's with the Rams. He's doing well. Najee's going to do well with Pittsburgh. But now you can say it, Gorney, right? You got so much crap from certain people in our network for the Najee Harris decision, especially when he didn't play his first two years over Cam Akers. So now you can gloat. Have at it. I I won't gloat because I've been wrong before, but I will say this. Najee Harris was just better. I mean, he was just a better player and he still is. 
He's just so special. Um, you know, and I think he's going to be perfect in Pittsburgh, exactly what they're going to want. He's going to be a guy that works so hard, blue collar guy, Northern California guy, but not exactly from, you know, the tech hub. So he knows how to go into Pittsburgh and keep his mouth shut and run the ball and catch passes. And what, what he was in high school was when he showed up to that Vegas rivals camp, you were like, Oh my God, who is this kid? And he was a sophomore then. And he just completely dominated. I actually do believe that he was thinking about flipping the Michigan late. Uh, we, I guess we could tell the stories now since he's already in the NFL and he doesn't care anymore, but apparently he had asked the army people to get him tickets to yeah. Tuscaloosa and Ann Arbor and that he was very serious about Michigan. He had been torn. That is right when Harbaugh got the job and he was like, wow, maybe I could go play for Jim Harbaugh. Um, I don't think that they were all that receptive to, to, to paying for that. And so, um, you know, him sticking with Alabama turned out to be uh, great. But the other rumor that I had heard was after he hadn't played in those first two years, he was getting the itch and he wanted out. And so he had had like a meeting with his people and with Saban and Saban basically convinced him to stay. And that's right after that is when he started getting all these carries, all these opportunities, and he started putting up the big numbers. And then everybody looked like a genius for putting Najee Harris in the game. So, um, you know, when you hear guys in Mississippi that covered Walter Payton say that Cam Akers is the next Walter Payton and you're like, you know, this isn't just some, you know, internet guy just saying something. This is someone who actually saw Walter Payton play and Cam Akers reminds him of that. It's hard not to just put him one and, and hope, but Najee Harris was so good. Cam Akers is going to be fine in the NFL, but Najee Harris, super special guy. Could be, I think he could, actually could have been a five-star wide receiver too. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that Joe Mixon type of talent, um, yeah. you know, just at a different le level bigger yeah so here's the deal with <laughs> our five-star challenge that year was in, in atlanta right and and this is going to be a very interesting one for you see if you can get this oh boy. the four running backs at the five-star challenge Najee harris was there cam yeah. Akers was there stephen carr oh that was the one i was going to wait for last so 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 Cam Akers is in his second year in the NFL. Najee Harris has been drafted in the NFL. DeAndre okay. Swift? DeAndre Swift drafted last year. He's in his second year in the NFL. Yeah. And Stephen Carr just is transferring out of USC. I mean, like, he's been around for 20 years. So, Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And Najee was number one for us, right, at the camp. We were very impressed with him. Cam Akers was number two. I think one of them had a race with somebody else. I can't remember that, but DeAndre Swift's dad was so jacked up. Oh, yeah, so scary. Yeah. yeah. And he was so ticked off because he wasn't even Stephen Carr was getting more attention than DeAndre was at the time from us, you know, writing wise. And, and that was a scary man. He never threatened or anything like that, but just coming up. like, Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good three out of four right there. Um, kind of reminds me of, Chicago, when we had Leonard Fournette. Yep. We had Elijah Hood. Wasn't, yeah. you know, didn't pan out as well. Um, but I think we also had Sony Michelle and somebody else. Nixon. Yeah, Joe Nixon. So I mean, guys that are in the NFL, guys that are first round draft picks, the running backs groups was 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 pretty good. But 
I remember that there. And then I remember Cam Akers, you know, how close he was to choosing Ole Miss. And, and I think that would have been, man, when you look at it, it would have been a better decision um, at the time. You wouldn't think it because Florida State's Florida State. And, and Wasn't he committed to Alabama at some point? He was. Everybody was, though. Everybody but, in but that, that would have been amazing. I mean, class. Would, would they have ever gotten Najee if Cam Akers stayed committed to Alabama? Well, these are the questions, you know? I mean, would Nick yeah. Chubb end up at Georgia if Derrick Henry had stuck with his commitment, blah, blah, blah? Yeah. On and on. But I, I remember, I think that was the year or, or one of the two years that every kid had committed to Alabama at one point in time. So, yes, he was a very early commitment to them. Can you name the number two player who splits these two guys? Najee Harris, Dexter Lawrence, Marvin Wilson, Marvin Ooh. Wilson, oof, fell out of the draft. Yeah, right? that's incredible. So Florida State had two of the top three players in the country that year, plus Josh Kando, who was fifth. They had three out of the top five players in the country. Stunk, and Kando was drafted mid. Wilson slipped out. Acres, you know, was a second or third rounder. Yeah. Man, and then you look at the two Alabama guys in the top five. Oh, hmm. Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, first yeah. round, first round. And that's why Alabama wins and nobody else does. So I'm going to segue from that amazing battle to the Deshaun Hand Miles Garrett debacle. Okay, here it's we not go. a debacle, but and there's stuff behind the scenes I can't speak about. I wish I could, right? But I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm a, I was an unabashed. Deshaun Hand fan. Like, yes. When he was a freshman in high school, I saw his film and I'm like, this kid is an absolute freak. And invited him to the Army Bowl uh, as a freshman. He showed up at the Army Combine wearing his glasses, if you remember. Yes, and he I took do. reps with his glasses on. And these were yeah. not goggles, these were actual, actual just glasses. Yeah. Glasses, like wearing in class glasses. And he dominated everybody. Um, and I spoke to him after and invited him to the army ball and he had no idea how good he was. He had no idea that he was that level. Um, and he just got better and better and better throughout high school until his senior year, a little bit of a dip. They moved him to defensive tackle because they didn't have anybody on the inside. Um, and he played some tight end, um, had a very good season announced with us on NBC sports as the number one player in the country. Chose Alabama, and I was wrong. I thought he was going to Michigan. So, you know, he had me, uh, you know, confused and, 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 and I guess way off the whole process because I thought he was a lock for Michigan. Um, and then there's Miles Garrett that we saw. I saw in person once at the Underclassman Challenge, our first ever. And then at the Under Armour game, we saw him both at the Under Armour game when we were sitting in the press box oh, of Tropicana right. Field, and he was just – Dom, he was clowny level. Dom. Well, I think I was so goo goo eyed over hand. Yeah, I don't know. I remember our little, our little Texas guy at the time, Jason Howell, was a big Miles Garrett fan, and he yeah. was pushing for him. And there were other people that were pushing for Miles Garrett, and and I was not. And and I kept it on hand at number one. And hand went on to Alabama, and of course didn't play for a long time, and then had one pretty solid year was drafted in the fourth round and miles garrett of course goes on to texas a&m stacks 
galore, number one pick overall in the draft and really an awful decision overall when you look back at it. Um, I think I had blinders on, but yeah, you're right. No, Garrett was there. Um, so I saw him twice, but I remember the first underclassman we ever had. He yeah. showed up. He looked amazing. Yeah. He didn't come to a lot of our camps. No, didn't, didn't do a lot of events, I don't think. He was mm -hmm. just kind of a, you know. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but this one, in hindsight, was a mistake. But again, there's things behind the scenes that I can't wow. speak about that were also in play. If Deshaun Hand went to Michigan, do you think he would have? I don't know. I don't know. He would have played more. Yeah. You know, Rashawn Gary went to Michigan as a number one player in the country. Didn't have a great career, but ended up being a number one pick and plays linebacker in the NFL now. Which is He's insane. not a superstar, but that's a pan out. That's a five star right. going on to become a five star uh, first round pick. I think he would have had a better career at Michigan, but he wouldn't yeah. have won football games. So yeah. um, I remember being at a game of his. And I think it was Kirby. Maybe it wasn't Kirby. Somebody from Alabama flew in, right? They did the whole helicopter thing. And right. And that was big, yeah. And I'm like, what a waste of time. I mean, these guys, these poor guys have to waste their time. They have no chance at, at him. Hmm. Deshaun Hand's not going to Alabama. And this guy has to get on a freaking chopper, come from another game that he's at, of course, recruited another kid that he left at halftime. And just to show up, and show his colors couldn't yeah. even really talk to the kid and i'm like what a waste of time recruiting so stupid these poor yeah. guys wasting all this money and then he goes to alabama and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> i'm an idiot imagine if that coach didn't show up and and we did a, a huge thing on deshaun hand we spent like three days with him down there we actually sat in class with him yeah it was really really stupid um but it was kind of fun so you got to know his personality and things like that. And uh, just a smart kid. I don't think he ever had a, had the passion for football. Like it was the only thing in his life. Yeah. He had so many other things going on. Uh, and maybe that played into it. Because, again, just like Najee, you'd figure Deshaun Hamm would transfer out after a couple of years and not play him. But he didn't. And he was behind like Jonathan Allen and, and some of those guys. And then he moved inside, which I never thought he was a defensive tackle. So a lot of different things went on there. Yeah. What do you remember about Miles Garrett and Deshaun Hand, though? I remember seeing Deshaun Hand about 10 times and thinking he was great and seeing Miles Garrett twice and thinking he was better. And I thought Miles Garrett just off the edge. He was so big in high school, too. Like, I don't think he actually got much bigger at Texas A&M, but he was just so fast and physical and long and such a playmaker at that Under Armour game that I remember going into that last meeting and I think that was the year I could be wrong, but that we did army then, or I'm sorry, under armor, then army, then Semper Fi. And we had met, we had got all gotten home and then met right after that for the final rankings. And at that point it was just like, okay, Miles Garrett, number one or two. Okay. Deshaun had number one. And we just didn't care enough. That was a misery. Just so exhausted. That was a misery. If that was the year, that was a misery. Um, yeah, I think was, it was. It was really bad. Terrell Pryor. Um, I saw him a bunch. I saw him, obviously, in seven-on-seven seven situations, solving games. Saw him the Army Bowl where he dominated. Saw him play basketball. Um, he, was, he was committed to Pitt early as a basketball player. 
then decided to change his mind to go football. Once they saw the film, he was definitely our number one player out of the gate. Uh, just a freaky athlete, six foot five, 225 pounds. No one could catch him. But seeing him at seven on seven, it was kind of painful. Uh, I called it Superman without its cape because it was ugly. Uh, yeah. There was a seven on seven at the Gateway, Gateway High School in Pittsburgh that I went to. Um, which, by the way, also the same trip where I had the, the worst sneezing fit of my life. And I'll tell you that in a second. But Terrell was very average. Because seven on seven, as you know, snap the ball, don't run around, throw the ball. And that wasn't his strength. Right. Um, so I'm glad I got to see him in person in games to offset that. Um, and he was like a Vince Young, you know, a better release, but not a not a natural quarterback, just a great athlete out there doing great things against anybody he wanted. I think he was the Army Bowl, um, you know, MVP. And after I finished with my sneezing story, we can get into his recruitment, which was even more fun. But so apparently if you're on the heat for a long time, Adam Gorney, yes. and you know heat, yes. but humidity, like real heat, and then you overly cool yourself down. Like, let's yeah. say you go get like the biggest Sunday known to man at Dairy Queen, right? And that's how you hydrate from your sweaty day. Yes. It can mess up your sinuses. And then you go into a, a hotel room with the air conditioning blasted. Right. I sneezed 5,000 times. I, I thought I was going to have to call 911. I couldn't stop sneezing. And that's what I remember about Gateway High School in Terrell Pryor. So do you want to get to his recruiting? Yeah. Do you ever, did you ever believe that he was going to go to Penn State? No. His dad wanted him to go to Penn State. Yeah. So, oh, and I also spent, this was, this was it. You know, I, I spent, time with him in Jeanette. <laughs> All right, this is pretty good. So I spent time with him in Jeanette and, and, you know, they used to lift weights in some kid's garage. They didn't have a weight room at Jeanette. Nice. And so I got to see that. That was fun. You got to see the whole team work out and, you know, with, with, with pails of stuff on the end of bars and not real weights yeah. like that. And, and so that was interesting. And then, and, and <laughs> He had my cell phone number and uh, we were supposed to meet the next day for an interview or something like that. This was pre-recruiting, you know, decision. He hasn't committed to anybody. And I get a text from Terrell Pryor saying, hey, come on over, baby. And I'm like, and I text back, I'm like, I think you have the wrong person. <laughs> oh my God, that was for my girlfriend. I can't believe I just sent that to you. <laughs> Can you imagine? So I thought I was being hit on by Terrell Pryor at one point in time. Recruiting. He was always interested in Ohio State. He's the one who broke the Rich Rodriguez to Michigan story. Mm. Um, it was a Sunday, I remember. And Pryor called me and he said, I might be going to Michigan, man. And I said, what? He goes, Rich Rodriguez just got hired there. And I'm perfect for their offense. And it hadn't been broken yet. Yeah. So I tweeted out that Rich Rodriguez got hired in Michigan. I think, no, it wasn't pre-tweet. This was pre-tweet. It's 2009. Yeah. I think I put it on a message board or something like that. Everybody called me an idiot. Um, he thought of Michigan. Ohio State was where he always wanted to be, but he delayed the process because his dad wanted him to visit Penn State um, and his dad wanted him to go to Penn State. So he had a press conference called for that day of signing day, and he had to tell everybody at signing day that he wasn't making his decision that day. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, And that was terribly embarrassing for him and he didn't like it at all. 
Well, I mean, I think he made the right decision by going to Ohio State. I, I don't think the end of his career at Ohio State went as uh, as planned, but um, I think he would have been fine wherever he went. They win. They would have won a national championship that year. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was that was. I mean, I, I really do believe that that Ohio State would have won the Natty. And I remember his first game. Remember his first college game against USC. No. Okay, so USC was so good. And Ohio State, believe it or not, was not that great at the mm -hmm. time. And he was when he was a freshman, he was the only player who looked like he could play at USC. <laughs> now, how opposite is that now? Yeah, I know. Now, of course, that's 2010. It's a long time ago. But um, but Terrell Pryor never texted you and said, come on over, baby. No. <laughs> you should have just showed up with, uh, you know, some Dairy Queen. <laughs> a sneezing fit. All right. So Terrell Pryor, one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. but, you know, def and definitely smooth with the ladies. Speaking of smooth with the ladies, you like these segues? Very good. Let's talk Jimmy Clausen. West Coast guy, why don't you start? Go ahead. Tell me what you think about Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy Clausen comes from a quarterback family history. He, uh, you know, and living out here now for 10 years, Mike, 10 years I've been here. Quarterbacks are treated like uh, high school quarterbacks are still treated like gods that are untouchable. And if they throw the football that they're the best player in the country, their fathers are still like that. Their, their handlers are still like that. Their Jimmy's dad wasn't a bad guy though. Jimmy's huh? dad wasn't a bad guy. No, not a bad guy. Casey Clausen is one of the nicest people. Rick Clausen, his brother, one of the greatest people. Jim now did too. Had a Jimmy was a Jimmy nice kid, not Very physically nice all kid. that great, you know. Um, he was called the LeBron James of high school football. I don't understand that really, but that just becomes the hype machine that is Southern California quarterbacks, and he got caught up in it pretty good. Um, I think you probably remember his recruitment more. I didn't live out here when he was being recruited. Yeah. Um, and and for him to go to Notre Dame was was interesting because a lot of kids here don't want to go play in the cold. They don't want to go play in the Midwest. Yeah. So that, that was a, that was a little bit of a surprising move for him to do. Well, it was pretty well known because Charlie Weiss was the guy at the time and yeah. Charlie Weiss turned down Mitch Mustaine the year before Mitch Mustaine had committed to Arkansas, then decommitted, wanted to go to Notre Dame. And he told Mitch Mustaine, no, because I'm getting Jimmy Clausen. Uh, so Mitch Mustaine, ended up committing back to Arkansas, then transferred to USC, was a big boss's failure. But it was kind of known, and he did it, um, you know, obviously had the Hall of Fame, which was at the time on the campus of Notre Dame. He did it with a limo. He did it with all his state championship rings. He, this was all orchestrated by Charlie Weiss and his staff to, to, to make a big, you know, splash with the announcement. And um, it backfired on Clausen. Everybody thought he was an absolute jerk. Uh, egomaniac which he really wasn't no and from yeah. day one you know he got that moniker um the kid at notre dame was sacked a billion times running for his life the offensive yeah. line stunk and he still put up good numbers um and he had a solid career but it wasn't the hype was just so much and he was an older kid he was like a 20 year old senior um and more mature and, and, you know, sort of trained as a quarterback from a young age. I went out to see him play in a game, which is, you know, I mean, it's a 
tremendous example of a waste of travel money is to right. fly my butt all the way out to California to watch Westlake play some slappy team where Clawson throws for six touchdowns in the yep. first half. I actually yep. left the game and went to another game for the second half. Yeah, He was good. He was very good. Everything about him mechanically was good. Um, Westlake was impressive. That was the first time I'd seen them. And you got to remember, this is like 2007. Yeah, Oaks Christian. Uh, not Westlake. Yeah, why am I saying Westlake? That's Texas. Well, it's in Westlake Village. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, so, so yeah, Oaks Christian, I mean, that was like a college campus. Gorgeous. Yeah. That was... Of course, you know, all the, 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 you know, Matthews brothers and, and fathers and everybody was coaching there and all that stuff. And all the celebrities, kids went there and they had speakers buried in the rocks so they could play music, but you wouldn't see this. It was just unbelievable. Great experience. But typical Mike Farrell, I got a flat tire going in that freaking stupid state of California Yeah. on my rental. So what do you do when you get a rental flat tire? You ever get one? I would imagine you would call the Avis hotline and they'd rush a car to you as fast as possible. Yeah, well, they don't. Okay. At least in 2007, they don't. Yeah, they, they don't. Said, hey, moron, there's a spare in the trunk. I'm like, I'm not changing the tire myself, first of all. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Secondly, I'm not riding around on a donut. Right. For the next five days, because I'm out here in California to see a bunch of schools. Yeah. So that was a little bit disturbing, kind of soured my trip. But seeing Jimmy Clausen in person, you know, that one time out West, but also those pre-camps, you know, I mean, yeah. 11, yes. Army Bowl, yes. Uh, he was the real deal. And everybody looks back at him being number one and said, oh, my God, what a flop, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely not. Nice kid. Um, I don't really have any cool Jimmy Clausen stories. I talked to his dad mostly. Yeah. He didn't really Rick. talk to me that much. He was kind of like quiet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, had he gone to USC, might have been different. Maybe, yeah. We ended up with a third rounder. Long career as a backup in the NFL. But the LeBron James thing was said by, um, what's his face? Steve Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, at the time I didn't see it, but I did believe that he was number one. So. Do you, you don't have any good Jimmy Clausen stories? Not really. And that's the thing, like, and I, I, I kind of wanted to bring this up. There was a thing, there was a story written and I don't know what publication it was because it was very good and I'd like to give them credit, but it's about how NFL scouts have, have really not exactly soured on Southern California quarterbacks, but certainly have maybe put them in their place a little bit. These Georgia guys, they love now. And like the, you know, Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence, both from Georgia, both hits. You know, you get this hype, you get this hype out here when you're 14 years old and you think you've already made it, you know, and other people start passing you and you don't kind of comprehend what's going on. And, and I think maybe that happened a little bit with Jimmy Clausen. you know, obviously a nice kid from a great family, still, you know, talk to Casey and Rick all the time about guys. They, they coach at, uh, at Alamany out here now. They were at Calabasas for a while. Casey Clausen was Darnay Holmes's uh, high school coach. So, you know, he knows talent and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but there is a little bit of a over, you know, over hype machine that goes on. 
Um, and uh, I think that that bit him a little bit, but I don't really have all that great of Jimmy Clausen stories. Yeah, there aren't great. I mean, the Hall of Fame thing was really the the, the thing, that, and I wrote about it and defended the kid, and everybody else bashed him about it. And I know it wasn't him, and I know the coach who actually orchestrated it wasn't Charlie Weiss, but it was someone on his staff. And yeah, it kind of just started everything off in a poor manner. But I do remember Mitch Mustaine's mom being pretty upset when Charlie Weiss said no. She was an interesting woman. And right. Story for a different time. Speaking of interesting people, Percy Harvin. Okay. Yes. Number one player in the country, 2005, 2006, 2006. Freak. Lansdowne High School. Chris Beatty, who's now, I believe, with the Rams, but coached with Pitt and and West Virginia, and you know he was the high school coach there. Percy Harvin was the fastest player I've ever seen around the corner, and, and essentially he ran the longest leg of the four by 100, I believe, if I remember correctly, because he was so fast, but he was so fast for so long. So everybody's like, why isn't he running the anchor leg? Well, that's why. And, and, you know, they would always, if there was any deficit, they would make it up on his leg. I think it's a third leg of the four by one. I don't run, so I don't know. But not the nicest kid in the world. Not mean, but not nice. Uh, He announced with me on- What's that? He's like disconnected from people. He announced with me on ESPN yeah. with his uh, teammate, yeah. McDaniel. I forget his first name, McDaniel. Because they were McDaniel. going to school together. Um, yeah, it, and I think ESPN had them one, two in the country. Yeah. Um, Damon McDaniel? I don't remember. He went to Florida State, didn't pan out. And yeah. Percy obviously went to Florida, did pan out. But well, they were Percy was committed to Florida State, right? Who? Percy for a while. I think he was committed. Not Wasn't to, he committed? Not, not to my recollection. Damon McDaniel was, he, they wanted to go to school together. And I think Florida kind of backed off on Damon, but they wanted Percy. But yeah. I don't think he was committed to Florida State. That doesn't ring a bell. If it was, then I forgot. But yeah. But he was on ESPN. And I remember, you know, at ESPN at the time, we were doing commitments, you know, and the kids were all like super excited about it. And I would, you know, sell them to the producers and say, oh, this kid's going to be the next real deal. We got to have him on, blah, 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 blah. And Percy wouldn't go on without Damon and, you know, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, fine. And they're usually super nice to the producers and all that stuff. And he just one worded everybody. And I'm just looking around like, I don't really know what to say. This kid's yeah. not giving me anything. And then, of course, the, the commitment was kind of awkward. and um, It was really, really bad. But the biggest story I have about Percy Harvin is USC was recruiting him. They flew all the way across the country, showed up at his house, and the family wouldn't let him in. Uh, just wouldn't let him in. Um, you know, they called first and they didn't get them because you couldn't get them on the phone. Yeah. And they didn't respond to texts or anything like that. So they just decided to fly out and they were recruiting other kids in the area, but drove all the way out to his house and they were home, but they refused yeah. to let him in. It was Todd McNair, uh, who's now a coach, Tampa Bay, um, Super Bowl guy. And, and of course the one who was, you know, involved in all the USC stuff. And yeah, I think, not rightfully accused of this, that, and the other. And, but, um, but Percy was always going to go to Florida. And then of course, in that Urban Meyer offense, he was perfect in every way. His playoff game, he led him to the state championship his senior year was arguably one of the best games you're ever going to see from a high school player uh, at one time. 
played wide receiver, played quarterback, played a lot of different things, and they just got him the ball, and he was unbelievable. I remember at Army, I was the guy who was like, Percy Harvin's the best, number one, blah, blah, blah. He yeah. started off a little slow, and then he started to turn it up a little bit. But I was a little worried that people were going to be like, I don't know why you got this kid rated so high. Uh, but but he did end up turning on and ended up being a first-round draft pick with a solid NFL career, and I'm waiting for him to come back out of retirement to play for the Jaguars. That would be fun. What do you I, remember? I would support it. You know, I covered Percy Harvin not in recruiting, but I was at Florida at that time. Right, yep. And that's when he won the national championship. I believe it was 08 that I covered him in that, that title game when they beat Oklahoma. And like you said, like Florida had everybody fast then. Chris Rainey was on that team. And, um, you know, team, yeah. that, that team was that team was incredible. That, there's yeah, going to be was Demps there too? Jeff Demps, yeah, yeah. Who, who was legitimately like almost an Olympic track star. And Percy just looked faster than everybody, smoother. And he was a guy, like you said, he would come around the edge and a lot of guys kind of, you know, slow down and kind of like go on one wheel and turn. And he just kept that speed around the edge all the time. And that was a perfect, and you're talking about perfect fits, but Urban Meyer with Percy Harvin is like, you know, just an incredible fit because Urban was not hesitant to just, how do I say this? Just get him the ball and run him into the ground every, in every way possible that they could, whether it was, you know, special teams, you know, uh, end arounds, anything to get Percy Harvin the ball that they, they were going to do. And I really do think that one day there's going to be a 30 for 30 on that team because it was Tebow, the Pouncey oh, brothers, yeah. Rainey, Harvin, uh, you know, um, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> I'm waiting uh, for the murderer. Every, everybody <laughs> on that. That team was incredible. It was, it was incredibly talented. And there was just so many crazy storylines that were going on in Gainesville that time. Uh, and Percy Harvin really kind of stayed out of that. Like, wasn't really the guy that was, you know, who, who knows what was going on behind the scenes. And, you know, I think even now Urban would admit he kind of closed, you know, a blind eye to that as long as he produced on the field and stuff. Really? But just an incredible athlete, you know, not tall, not like super jacked up where you're like, wow, this is an incredible kid, but just so fast. And just so, there are guys that you see, like Adoree Jackson was the same way, like just guys that you see that just are awesome on a football field. And Percy Harvin was definitely one of those guys. And the, the best thing about that 30 for 30 is going to be the, the dichotomy of Tim Tebow with all those other players. Yeah. Riley Cooper was on that team. Tony I mean, Meyer. there's so many people who got in trouble, who did stupid things, who were just yeah. not tremendous human beings. And then there's Tebow, you know, the nicest human being possible. Yeah. God's disciple. That is, I mean, there's definitely going to be a 30 for 30 on it. I think Aaron Hernandez cemented that. But as now that Tebow's back playing football for the Jags, yeah. we're definitely going to see it made. And and without Percy Harvin, they don't win national championship. No, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I don't think so don't. either. You know, yeah. I mean, he's the guy. And that, that recruiting class was just outstanding. Uh, but he was not a super friendly guy. And covering him, you know, some guys like Byron Cowart was easy to cover. He would be responsive. Terrell Pryor, like I said, would send me text messages, calling yeah. me baby and yeah. stuff. No, this First kid, yeah. you couldn't get to him. You couldn't. You couldn't get to him through his mom. You couldn't. Get, Chris Beatty was the only one. Thank goodness for him. 
his head yeah. coach at Lansdowne. It's the only one I could get any information from from uh, out of Percy Harbin. And, and he's the reason why the kid announced on ESPN uh, in that disastrous fashion. Got two left. I'm going to go first with Adrian Peterson. So Adrian Peterson, the best running back I've ever seen uh, in high school. And that's not a stretch. I mean, geez, wow, really? The guy who ran for 2,000 yards in the NFL, the guy is a surefire Hall of Famer, the guy who recovered from a ACL in eight months, that guy? Yeah, that guy. Um, the interesting part about that is the debate at number two at running back that year, it was a guy named Marshawn Lynch. You ever hear of him? Yeah, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And we were talking about him potentially being a five-star, and we didn't pull the trigger on it. He was a four-star. But but Peterson was so far ahead of him that the debate for number two was between two and three. It wasn't between one and two. Um, just an amazing football player. Uh, lived up to everything you heard about, saw on film, uh, in person, saw him at the Army Bowl, of course. And then his recruitment was extremely interesting. You know, obviously everybody feels Oklahoma was going to get him, was going to get him. But Bob Stoops visiting his father in prison kind of sealed the deal for Adrian Peterson and really changed the direction of the Oklahoma program, uh, at least from a recruiting perspective. I mean, this was the number one player in the country, in the state of Texas. And there was, you know, just Bob Stoops getting him away from the Longhorns and everybody else just kind of took their recruiting and sent it to the next level. Uh, and of course, his career at Oklahoma was outstanding and in, in the NFL. Again, not a super personable kid, very quiet, uh, not aloof, but just yeah. hard to get anything out of him. Yeah. And, and this was pre me. So I, I don't really remember much about Adrian Peterson, but I will say this. There are guys that I talk to who have sons who play running back and they're in juniors in high school and they're looking at schools. And we've seen this at, at a lot of positions, but especially running back where they say, well, you know, I don't want to put the tread on the tires. And I, I walk into Kirby Smart's office and I tell him that my son could only have 90 carries a, a year or whatever. And then you look at Adrian Peterson, who's been doing this for well over a decade and has obviously slowed down in his later years, but Still, just the, the amount of punishment he has taken and given over the, over the years, first in Minnesota for so long and now bouncing around a little bit in the NFL, it's just incredible to see that someone in that recruiting class, especially at that position, uh, is still playing in the NFL. It's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, and, and it was interesting, too, because he was pretty adamant, from what I remember, that his nickname was A.D., which people don't use, you know, Adrian Peterson is AP, but AD yeah. was all day and that was his nickname. And that's what he loved about it because he would just carry the ball all day. All Didn't matter, day. 50 carries, 60 carries, he wanted the ball. Um, and, and again, like I said, I mean, just, I was expecting maybe a little bit of a letdown at the uh, Army Bowl. This was way early. This was 2004, I think, you know, yeah. we, we weren't at camps every two seconds. We didn't see every kid. And, and he just lived up to it. But, um, but again, I think the biggest, I don't remember, I think Bob Stoops used an official visit to go see his dad. Hmm. Like not an official visit, but like an in-home visit. In-home visit, I think yeah. that was his in-home visit to go see his dad. And I think it, it, it I may be wrong on that, but I, it's just so long ago, but I think that's what he did. 
and everybody else was flooding Adrian's house. Yeah. There's soups going to the guy that's going to really, you know, help that's him. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Absolute brilliant move by Bob Stoops. Let's finish up with Bryce Brown and, and not because Bryce Brown is the most polarizing number one we've ever had, even though he probably is um, just so weird. The process itself, Bryce Brown, of course, his brother, Arthur was ahead of him a year, five-star kid. The first kid that I can remember, we narrowed down to a final 25. Yeah. This was before it was popular to do so this was yeah there like, wasn't an edit or something like that yeah, yeah. this was in the in mid 2000s came out with the final 25 and I almost threw up but I, I didn't know what I was in for like that was the, the the precipice to what we live in these days right and Arthur went to Miami so of course Bryce was going to go there and I believe he was committed to them at one point in time if I remember correctly opened up the process had a website had a handler I forget his handler's name do you remember? I don't remember his name, but I could, it, he, I could picture him, yeah. and I could picture his blue Cadillac that he drove around everywhere. And he had a pay website up there for information on Adrian Peterson's, you know, and all of the Rice Brown. Yes, yes. Not Adrian Peterson. Bryce Brown. Sorry. So the the the, the pay site was up there, and everybody in the industry was like, "Oh my God, this is going to end us." You know, we're a subscription service. If kids start putting out their own shingle and putting up their own blah, 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 blah. It yeah. The, the no. website sucked. There wasn't any information on it. Right. Nobody told you anything. He delayed his process as well, just like, you know, previous mentioned, Javian Clowney and Terrell Pryor and some others. And then ended up at Tennessee, which was a bit of a surprise, but that was Lane Kiffin's only year, uh, only full year recruiting. And he landed him. Uh, we saw him and made him number one. Do you remember? Oh, this is before you, right? No, no, no. I was at Army when he was there. Okay. So do you remember who was number one heading into Army? Was it? It's wide receiver. Played quarterback oh. in high school. Went on to play for the Giants. Ruben Randall. Yes. So yeah. Bryce Brown goes in, catches two touchdown passes in the Army Bowl, which was a skill set we didn't know he had. Right. But we knew he was good. We didn't know what a great pass catcher he was. Ends up being the number one guy, goes off to Kiffin. The funniest story about Bryce Brown, he was he was a he was a funny kid. And I saw him the next year when I went down to Kiffin's only summer camp, uh, and he was just hanging out and just just a sort of a laid back cool kid. But saw him on the elevator uh, at the Army Bowl with an older woman. Hmm. Yes, not related. Mm -hmm. And just gave me a wink, you know, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> he had game. That kid had game. So, um, very yeah, skilled. He was good. It's not like we just made him number one because he no. was like, no, he was amazing. Stuff around him. But then he goes off to Tennessee. He has concussion issues, doesn't do anything there, right? Then goes to Kansas State for one year. Yeah because that's where brother Arthur went after he didn't do well at Miami and didn't do anything there. And then, okay. Got drafted. But then two years later, right? Like, I don't know if he got drafted. He might've been an undrafted period. I don't remember. But two years later or three years later, I see the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles in this game is going to be Bryce Brown. Bryce like, Brown. Are you kidding yeah. me? This is a guy with like 42 
college carries. Yeah. And he was good. He rushed for like over 800 yards that season. Uh, went off to the Bills, had an okay year, like an average yeah. year. But this was a kid that's so talented that he could completely suck in college, like do nothing um, and, and go off to the NFL. You can talk about him while I pull up his stats because I find it fascinating. Yeah, I, I just remember him being, I just remember, you know, that was the early years of, of me going to Army and kind of just getting a feel for what this all was. And there was just this strangeness of, of a handler. You know, we deal with that all the time. There are people that are, you know, friends or uncles or cousins or just mentors or whatever you want to call them that are around these guys a lot. And, you know, you get them into camp and then you meet the guy and then all this. But rarely do these guys show up. And I swear, and, and this is just a memory that I have, there was always a Bible on the front of that Cadillac. And he, the guy, I, I can't believe that we don't remember this guy's name, but he was- well, I looked him up. It's, it's Brian Butler. Brian Butler. That's right. And right. he was under severe NCA investigation. NCA, oh yeah. It was like, you know, they were going after the mob when they were going after him. And, and I don't think he was really shying away from it. He was like, kind of come and get me. Um, and, uh, you know, I just remember that. But I remember when Bryce was on the field, he was really, really good. He was really good. And I also think that you're looking back at that top, the top of that class. It's Ruben Randall. That can you make a guy that's playing high school quarterback and now a wide receiver number one? And DJ Fluker was up there. That's the year that we made him like you know show us his shoe size because I think it was like the biggest shoe ever. And it was just kind of one of those years where there wasn't like a clear number one. So we took a shot on Bryce Brown and kind of swung and missed. Yeah, and again, concussions were an issue. Yeah. Um, that was also, if I remember correctly, Matt Barkley, a lot of people had Matt Barkley number one that year. But so his stats in college, he, he played in 2009 as a freshman. He had uh, 101 carries, 460 yards, three touchdowns. He missed the entire 2010 season and then transferred to Kansas State where he had three carries, yeah. 16 yards. Yeah. Okay, so that's a horrible career. I don't know if he's drafted. I'm trying to, trying to see if he was drafted. Hold on. Yeah, seventh round. Seventh round? Okay. Yeah. NFL stats, right? So out of nowhere, 2012, he becomes, oh, yeah, he didn't have 800 yards. He becomes a starter for Philadelphia, averages 4.9 yards carry, 564 yards, four touchdowns, plays another year in Philly where he doesn't, you know, 314 yards average. And then he went off to Buffalo and, and split time. Um, but this was a kid who did nothing in college, was a afterthought in the draft, 229th overall, you're right, um, by the Eagles. And then still carved out a, a two-year, three-year NFL career Yeah, with, you know, some average numbers. And I remember a Monday Night Football game where he was very good. He was just so talented, but was never able to put it together. Right. Um, do you know this? Holy crap, Gorney. It's today's his birthday. Wow. I went on Wikipedia. No, I went on a, a pro, pro sports reference or whatever. May 14th, 1991. He's 30. Happy birthday. Bryce 30 Brown. 30 years old, huh? As we remember you as a colossal number one failure. <laughs> and I think that's it. I think that's all 10. That's all 10. I think we're done.
I went a little long. How long? Uh, very long, like double. I'm a little verbose, but you know what, Lisa, you had to hear the sneezing story, right? Right. You had to hear the come on over baby story. Yes. It, it, the flat tire didn't need to be said, but. We could, could have skipped that. And you know what, if Dave Barry has a problem with the length of my videos, or Woody Womack has a problem with the length of the videos on social, is it too long? Whatever, do it yourself, right? There's so much to be said, we can't condense it to only three minutes. Oh, and there's more stuff that I wasn't able to say about each of these kids. Like just amazing stuff. That's for the book. I'm not wasting That's it on this yeah. Zoom garbage. All right, Gorney, it's been nice. Um, it's been nice chatting with you. Thank you and goodbye. Nice, nice to think back about the college in the, in the recruiting years and the stuff I don't have to deal with now. So uh, follow you, Adam Gorney, at Adam Gorney, and follow me at Rivals Mike.